You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy, Farhan Hassan, and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. And I'm here with the man who's in the finals in three out of four of his leagues, Farhan Hassan. Farhan, good to have you back with us. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. Now, I did say we're, we're uh, together or Sean's with me. That's not actually true. We are all remote for the first time, I think, ever in the history of the show. I don't think we've all ever been remote to do this before. Not in my recollection, no. But we have re- to, Go ahead. Are we, are we gonna, well, are we, I'm just wondering, are, I don't know what Farhan's agreement was. Or does, does he get back in the intro now? Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, they've already heard the intro, but I'll put the Farhan <laughs> intro in before we uh, <laughs> okay, send this out. Yeah. All right. Right. So uh, I don't know how you finagled that far on. Good, good work. He's got one a good of those lawyer. trades. Fourth round pick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, we're recording this on Wednesday. I want to let you uh, know and set the scene here. It was 40 degrees and raining this morning uh, in Minneapolis. By midnight tonight, it's supposed to be right around zero degrees with snow falling and wind gusting up at about 25 miles per hour. So we, uh, we can handle snow and wind up here, but the layer of rain on the bottom that is now ice underneath uh, just made driving to Studio B or my porch as we also know it, uh, seem like a bad idea. So Sean is at his house, I'm at mine, and Farhan is at his house. We've got an exciting show. I'm excited for the show because we're gonna be talking about um, teams that um, might need some rehabbing. So we're going to do a conceptual rehab for three types of non-playoff teams. I'm excited because one of those teams is based on, on my actual team. So I want to see uh, what, we, what the franchise physician, as we're calling Farhan this episode, uh, has to offer for what I should do in the offseason for making my team better. So different ways of looking at con- how to construct your roster, what types of trades should be considered, uh, so I think we just jump right in, huh, Sean? You want to set yeah, it up a little I, bit more? Sure. So I think the, the theory that I had, or I guess what I'd say is, um, when I was thinking about the fact that I wasn't in the playoffs anymore and that you weren't in the playoffs, I was thinking, well, you know, like 90% of people are not in the playoffs, or at least in one league they're not in the playoffs, right? Unless they're, you know, most people are, are Unless they're uh, like not, Farhan. Yeah, unless you're, well, yes, that's true. But as an overall percentage, right? That that that's a thing. And so you, now you're starting to think about next year, and um, and so you know it's not too soon to get started. I know Farhan likes to say that there is no off season. I think I think he stole that from somebody, but <laughs> there is. I think it's the NFL. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> there's always a way to to start looking at your team and thinking about. Uh, what you want to do now the first thing i think i always say is if we're going to go to the physician you have to like you know diagnose who you are you got to figure out who you are and as a we person came... <laughs> no as a team right i mean you might want to know who you are as a person that's probably also important but uh 
but figuring out where you are, you know, are you out of the playoffs because um, of some missteps or, or some bad luck or, or whatnot? And there's, you know, there's most leagues, about half the teams are going to be in the playoffs and about half aren't. And so um, you have to look up and down your roster. You got to look at each player. You look at the team overall. You got to look at your salary situation in a salary cap league. Ultimately, you're making plans for the future. And that's really, really key component to it. So you have to figure out where you're at short-term and long-term on contracts and salaries. All right. So the first type of team we're going to take a look at, we, we call it a Pollyanna team. They've got lots of prospects and picks. Uh, but right now they have little bankable talent. So the world's their oyster. Everything looks bright and shiny, but maybe not so good this year. Um, and this, and I was thinking of this as being like kind of a year two rebuild, right? So you might have unloaded already unloaded a bunch of your talent, and now all you have is you have the 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 hope for the future, right? And uh, and and so that's that's why we call it Pollyanna. All right, so Farhan, I know you took a look at one of the teams in our league that might be that Pollyanna team. What did you come up with for a, a conceptual approach to rehabbing this team? Okay, so Tim, I, I want to first of all um, let the audience know that the last time I actually won anything, I was still spending $30 every month for a haircut. <laughs> um, so if, if people are getting this amazing idea that I'm on three out of four finals, I just want to tell people that I've gone all for four several years in a row. Okay. And it's a good segue because it kind of tells you how important it is to maybe win something for a change. Right. In any event, and, and, before and I start. It's good to remain humble like that, Farhan. Yes. Thank you. Except it's a fact, but okay. <laughs> so, so before we start, I actually thought we would, we would quickly go around 30 seconds sure. and actually talk about, so Tim, I'll first go to you 30 seconds. Okay. I want you to describe your fantasy football philosophy, who you are, what is it that you, that you achieve? Actually, before you go there, I'll tell you about myself this way. Maybe you can prepare because I don't want to catch you by surprise. Right. Yeah. I'm going to steal. So I'm very impatient my personality is that I, I'm constantly looking for the next best thing. And I've been burned a lot, and sometimes I've benefited a lot, but I'm, I'm not very patient in terms, of, in terms of thinking about my roster. I don't like have a shark. I'm, I, I just like to think about upgrading all the time. And that has hurt me a lot of years, and it's, it's helped me some years. But I'm always looking to churn. Or, or the turnover roster. That's my personality. Sean, right. we're going to give you 45 seconds um, because I know it'll be really <laughs> tough for you to do this in 30. But Tim, first first you. Sure. I'm kind of similar to you, Farhan. I, I play this game. I have the most fun with it when I'm competitive. I Probably that's true for everybody. So I'm a guy that would have a hard time doing like a two to three year rebuild. Um, which might be the reason my team is where it's at. My, my team is one of those, like, I've been pretty good for the last decade, uh, but I don't have a lot of championships to show for it. And it might be because I'm not taking that leap and spending a year not being very good to, uh, to maybe have that better team two or three years down the road. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of that impatient. I want to be good all the time. Um, kind of like you said you were, Sean. Yeah, I, uh, 
so I would say I I think I'm also trying to be good every single year, but I'm also I, I think I take a different approach than Farhan. I was joking with Farhan about being a shark. I didn't mean that as an insult. I meant it in the sense that they would say a shark has to keep on swimming or it'll die, right? So mm-hmm. constantly moving. Whereas I definitely have a different approach. I'm more like like that remora fish. It just sits on the shark and looks for <laughs> the shark's leavings. I'm kidding. Um, so I would say my philosophy is definitely, I'm definitely more patient than either of you, especially on a, on a scale. I put Farhan at, at like the max scale and I put myself um, pretty lower. And I think honestly, some of it's just due to time constraints. And, um, but I, I, definitely prefer to like think about things kind of like long-term make my picks and my rookie picks and and you know watch them develop i'm very unlikely to move guys that i've drafted if i believe in the talent because i'm going to let that play out sometimes it doesn't play out sometimes i'm wrong um and then and i tend to make moves when i see like okay well okay i've got five running backs i can't only start two so I have a need here to make a move, so I'll do that. But I, I, I'm not, to 45 I'm not, I'm not moving, yeah, as I say, I'm not moving just to move, right? I'm, I'm moving for a specific reason on my team. Yeah, I think, Tim, you and I are very patient after listening to that speech. I think that was one minute, 45 seconds. Such a setup. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> but in any event, let's get back to the topic. So the reason I think that that's helpful is because anytime you you think about rehabbing a team or where do you want to go? You think about, you think about a vision or what's your plan? Is it a one-year rebuild? Is it a three-year plan? Is it a four-year plan? Is it a plan that you actually haven't really planned for and you're just going to roll with it? Um, What I came up with in this particular instance for this team, who, by the way, just for perspective, as an example, has the number one, the number two, and the number three pick in the rookie draft. Overall. As overall has, and this is a dynasty league, obviously salary cap um, dynamics and has a couple of prospects from this year's draft in Zach Moss and Cam Akers and has DJ Moore. Everything else is shot. That's, that's what well, this team you, has. You're, you're missing the, the biggest name on the list, right? They still have uh, Saquon Barkley. That's right. That's right. And, and there might be a reason why, I mean, that person was absent this year. So, but yes, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, the team is named after it. So here's, the, here's what I thought about. I think that basically there are three things that I would suggest this for, for somebody who's in this situation. And I'm interested in hearing you guys' thoughts on it. The first one is the number one, number two, number three picks overall sound amazing. Um, and on that note, let me give you an example. Sean, you pick. It's it's just, would you pick A or B? In A, you can have Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. In I pick A. B, in B, <laughs> you can have, just to make it no. um, painful for you now for your answer, okay, Van you Jefferson, T. Higgins, <laughs> Antonio Gibson, um, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Ayuk. Which one would you Ooh, pick? You give me five. Hmm. Uh, I would still. I would still. I would choose A. The running backs. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I need. I need the running backs. So. 
there's you've laid out a lot of wide receivers that I like. <laughs> okay. What about you, Tim? A I, would take, I would take B, especially if I'm a rebuilding team. Okay. And that is the correct answer. Well, At least for this purpose. So well, if, a, if you're saying for, if I was this owner, I would agree with you. Okay. And, and so the reason that I, I, I did that was because um, like just two years ago, the top three picks were, for example, Saquon Barkley, Royce Freeman, and Darius Geis. And one of the things that I think needs to happen when somebody has a lot of needs is you give you have to give yourself a lot of shots so that your average goes up. In other words, it's easy to go 0 for 3 or 1 for 3, but it's really, really difficult to go 0 for 7. And if you have the roster space and if you have the opportunity to acquire more picks so you can perhaps fail more but also succeed more, that's the route I would take. So I would turn at least one of those top three picks, if not two, into either multiple picks and players, whether it's this year or next year, basically set it up so you have multiple shots. And a good illustration, frankly, is what happened in this year's draft, or you can look at last year's draft. You can, if, you pick, if you pick wisely, you can, you can spread out the risk more. So that's the first concept so do you think that that do you think that that um is affected by the draft right so you you just did this based upon last year's draft which i think most of you feel was a really deep draft right if you're talking about getting guys at the end of the second round that people are really you know in our draft t higgins went pretty late right justin herbert went pretty late these are guys that if people would love to have right now in a lot of drafts, you don't have that. So, would you? Do you still? Would you still? Would that still hold true? Like the year that I took Zeke, for example, it was Zeke at one one, and after that, it was not a whole lot. So, I think part of it is um, initially you have to look at them as prospects, and I'm not suggesting that players who have not performed this year are busts, right? For example, Brian Edwards could still pan out. Value is value. I think one of the concepts here is, is do you want to put all of your eggs in a basket that only gives you the opportunity to bat three times? Or would you rather bat seven, eight times? As a concept, I think, if especially when a team is bare, the cupboard is bare, uh, and you have the opportunity to do so, it makes sense to at least explore that. I think that's the idea. And of course, it's going to differ year by year. I think that's a good point. I had a question, Varan. Let's say you have kind of a more typical draft class. Uh, how far down would you be willing to drop from, let's say, this owner or this manager is going to move number two um, or, or two and three? But, like, how, you know, you wouldn't, would you do it for third rounders, second rounders? Do they have to be first rounders? I would not go into the third round unless it's obviously a throw in, right? But I think I would explore picks and perhaps other prospects or other established players in addition to it. One of the things I've noticed, at least in our league, is I believe that the draft picks can generate a lot of value. 
So if, if you actually wanted to turn a draft pick into an established player or an actual talented player, you can, but most people do not do that as a matter of course, because we're always looking for the next best thing, myself included, right? So the so there are some owners who, who do do that, but I don't see, for example, in our league, a lot of trades where somebody does trade a top five pick for an established player, okay? And I think I think you can get tremendous value if somebody is thinking along those lines, because because people are willing to move, especially in a in a in a salary context. Uh, but I think nobody wants to do that, and people want to hold on to those picks. And this concept is to kind of take the risk and to branch out more. I just want to point out, Tim, that you said move number two, and Farhan said doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> This kind of high-class podcast we run around here. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Uh, Any other so, tips? Or, Sean, you had something? Actually, I had some something legit, which is, which is just, this is why, I, for me, I think it's really important to, even if you don't know exactly who you rank where, I think it is important to start paying attention to what the next draft class is going to look like. And you don't have to be, you don't have to have your final picks or whatever, but it's it's it is it is worthwhile n- knowing if this class is a is a deep class or if it is has a particular high wattage you know star power you know the first five or six picks because what you're willing to do um, really depends on on you know what level of talent you have at different spots and and that just takes work. Sure. Any last nuggets for uh, the Pollyanna team, Farhan? Yeah, I think the other one that I would say is. If it's a three, four year plan, and this is a big one, I would, first of all, and just for, for the audience, this team is named after Saquon Barkley. I would change the team name. I would perhaps call it the Baron Acreage because they had Cam Acres and send a very strong signal to the rest of the league that Saquon Barkley is up for trade. Why do I say that? Um, conceptually, this, if this team is not going to win a championship with Saquon Barkley three, four years later, Saquon Barkley is not going to help this team. I would entertain offers that would perhaps turn Saquon Barkley into a prospect that is going to be at his peak three, four years later. Just purely as a way of example, C.D. Lamb comes to mind. I, I, I think that's great advice. I think the problem is um, in, in this it all depends on everybody's salary structure. Sometimes it's it's not like a regular dynasty thing where you can kind of project three, four years out. But you do still have the problem with um, with running backs having a relatively short shelf life. And uh, I think the need uh, when you ask the question and in, in, in A versus B, B was a lot of wide receivers. <clears throat> that those are going to be assets on a team for many, many years. And you get the running backs late. I think that's. I think you start out by getting quarterbacks and wide receivers to the extent that you need those, because those are assets that are going to be around for a long time. And then you 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 drop the running backs late. So once this particular team traded Derrick Henry and uh, <clears throat> some other, uh, I think Adam Thielen and maybe some other uh, high value players, um, there's really not a whole lot of reason to hold on to Saquon Barkley. All right, moving on. We're gonna we're gonna take a step to the side, maybe a step backward here, and talk about the old Mother Hubbard team. <laughs> kind of similar to the Pollyanna team. Why are we uh, calling it the old Mother Hubbard team, Tim? Well, they they had a poor season, not a lot of wins, um, but 
but uh, in contrast to the Pollyanna team, their cupboards are truly bare, like old Mother Hubbard's cupboards. Mm -hmm. uh, so they really don't have any big names, like you heard uh, from the team Farhan started with. They don't even have picks, or at least not very many. Um, so how do you how do you rebound from that? Is it possible to turn your team around in a you know relatively short time frame, two to three years, um, with that setup? And, and, and just yeah, I was just going to say one of these things. Uh, you're a good example of somebody who went through this, Tim, because you get in the situation basically if you trade all your picks to win games and then you don't win games and your your pick your the talent you acquired didn't turn out to end up being productive and so you're left with neither talent nor picks right that and, one that was yeah, uh, yeah about four or five years into the league that was where i was at and it took it was more of a yeah four or five six year rebuild I mean, that's a long time ago but yeah right so so we have a team like that in our current league um that has neither talent nor picks how do you fix it farhan so let's go backwards. I think one of the things I noticed, and this is not just about this particular team, but I think uh, I think a lot of times we, we pay a lot of attention, rightfully so, to a particular time frame in the offseason, which could be the trading or, or the draft. But what I notice with a lot of teams that, that don't improve is they don't do anything that good teams do. For example, Darren Waller in our league was – picked up in our free agent auction draft at $2 million out of a total of 25 million complete steal. Okay. Uh, players like Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis went undrafted and were picked up in one case by a very savvy owner who then turned him into a second round pick who, by the way, was in the semifinals before he got eliminated. Right. Uh, th that same team picked up Tim Patrick, Travis Fulgham. So part of it is you have to supplement your off-season activity with good in-season moves. What and you're saying is that you should never have your cupboard spare because you should be active enough that you're at least getting something. You got it. Thank you. That, that might be the only time that you've actually summarized what I had to say. Um, so, <laughs> so I guess let's move on on that positive note. What I would do is uh, for, for this particular team, I identified, you know, basically high dollar, high salaried veteran players who clearly are not going to help this team in a vacuum. So I would do what I think this isn't going to come as a surprise. I would shop them and, and try to get draft picks and or other players who are cheaper for salary purposes who can at least provide roster depth. And I would then cut everybody else. And then I would, I think one of the things that this team has to do or a team like this is when you go to the free agent auction draft, you have to be very disciplined and not get a player who is overpriced. Because if you come back with an overpriced player, you're going to be in the same cycle. So you almost have to go there and take shots. For example, Sorry, guys. For example, just in our league as a way of example, uh, George Kittle was had in a in you know in the free auction uh, in our in our auction um, for a very reasonable salary. You when you when your cupboard is bare, one of the advantages you do have 
is you can, again, take a lot of shots. The shots, though, you sh even though it might be very tempting because you might have money, is don't go for four or five million dollar players. Go for the steals in terms yeah. of salary and fill out your roster. And then what you're hoping is that you will connect. You will yeah, this, connect on a couple of players. The only time I ever spend a ton of money on a player is when I feel like that's my one missing piece. And if I yeah. have the money, then I will go out and get that player. But otherwise, it's just not a good idea in salary cap or franchise format. So it's it's I would say I think that's really, really good advice. And what that essentially means is so we're throwing out dollar amounts and every league's a little bit different. So let's try to do it in percentages, maybe. Um, but instead of going and spending 30, 40 percent of your cap on one player um, or, or even 20 percent, you have to cut all the garbage off your team. So you have the roster spaces and then then you're spending five to 10% and that you, you're not waiting and just getting the guys for like the league minimum. You're, you're putting forth enough money to be able to get, you know, an emerging player, but you're, you're competing against other owners that, uh, that maybe have more talent on their team and have more, more constraints with regards to roster size and salary cap. And you're beating them by a little bit. Yeah, our league um, is set up. We have a relatively small roster size. If you want to go back and listen to how we set up our league, episode 15 goes through that. But that's one of the advantages to having a small roster size is that teams are able to maneuver if they work at it and pick up players in free agency. Um, so if you're not already there or you're setting up a new league, that might be something to consider. I had a couple of questions about this team in particular that I wanted to throw out to you guys. We said they don't have a ton of talent, but they do have a couple of big names on this team. Mike Evans is one. Travis Kelsey is another. Cooper Cup is a third. Travis Kelsey, as we've and just been talking. the rest is all garbage, right? I mean, Pretty it's much. not great. So, I would say Jared Goff still has value. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like Kelsey, for example, is taking up 16% of this team's cap and he needs a 2% increase each year going forward. If this uh, manager is going to resign him, I'm assuming that's the kind of guy that you move given the advice you're giving here, Farhan, but Mike Evans and Cooper cup are signed for a couple of more years each um, and their salary is not crazy expensive. Would you hang on to those guys or would you move them as well? Both, I'm asked the questions for both you guys. Let me take that first. So I think it all depends on what is, what is on the table. I will say in, in our league, very same league, DeAndre Hopkins is signed for 7 million just for perspective. And Mike Evans is at 4 million. Now I understand that, that obviously they're not the same players, but the point is that there is space for teams to absorb four million in salary because people do have players that are really not worth combined cumulatively four million. So I would argue that Mike Evans at that salary does have value. I would argue Travis Kelsey, frankly, has value to a contending team next year, even at a high premium. The point is you have to then be committed to turning those players over and moving on. And when you move on, you then have to be committed to playing the long game. And the long game consists of taking shots at multiple players, prospects, draft picks, 
at reasonable salaries so that you give yourself the opportunity to succeed. Because of course you're going to also miss several times. So I think the thing, I agree with everything Farhan is saying. Um, I also agree that these players at their salaries have value for a contender. There's no reason why he should be stuck, you know, cutting or keeping the player because they, you can turn that into something. The tricky part with the old Mother Hubbard team, however, is if you don't have your own draft picks, as you bottom out, you don't get that high pick, right? You don't have the number one overall pick, even though you're terrible, because you've traded it. And so what that means is your, your rebuild is going to – you either have to find ways of rebuilding without your own draft picks, which means moving these for other people's picks, which may not be as good as the ones you would have had yourself, or it means having to wait a year or two, that bottom is going to be longer because, you know, you have to essentially deal with the damage that's already been done. And you have to wait, I guess, to the, to the point where you're, you're starting to get your own picks to, to be able to get those really high, highly desirable rookie picks where you know the the number one overall pick you you know you you're able to get a jonathan taylor a, a jk dobbins or whatever you want to do um because you know if old mother hubbard only has a couple third round picks all right so the last type of team we're going to talk about today is based on my team uh my co-host labeled it as the spent shot team so it's a team that has had you tried has held well maybe i mean i can't argue with that uh that the roster's been good in fact maybe even great but uh missed getting that championship uh now has maybe some cap problems and not a lot of talent waiting in the wings now i would not characterize my team that way but this is maybe going back to the point at the beginning where you have to be honest about assessing where your team is actually at so i'm looking for yeah, I'm looking I, forward to hearing Farhan and Sean's uh, analysis and advice on this team. It, it just to be clear, I wasn't actually, you, we were trying to find archetypes, you know, and so right. that's, so that was the, you're maybe the closest one to that, but I, I'm not actually trying to say your team doesn't have any talent waiting in the wings. I mean, you've oh, got, okay. you've got, got some, it. some, I'm not saying you've got none, you've got some, Okay. but, but, but you had, you built up a roster and then let's say you just didn't, you didn't win. And then, and then as the players started getting a little longer in the tooth, you might still feel like you're in contention, but are you, you know what I mean? That kind right. of thing. So franchise physician, Farhan, what should, uh, what should an owner with a team like mine do? Okay. That earlier disclaimer still applies. Here's what I will say. Uh, first of all, for perspective, the disclaimer about how I've gone all for for a long, long time. Totally um, noted. Okay, so I think there are two strategies here. The first one is you identify who are who are your cornerstone players. And frankly, you've got several. Aaron Jones is one. I think Kenny Galladay is one, though I was surprised by his age. He's 27. George Kittle is 27, though I kind of prefer Baby Kittle, who is with my team. Wow, you, uh, you prefer Tunyon to Kittle. That I want I want that noted on the record yeah, as well. Yeah. That might come uh, back. Joe Burrow, um, who's 24 and obviously is a is a very good prospect. So so you your team is already starting out at a, at a at a baseline level that is clearly superior to the teams that we have already talked about. 
Then you've got some players, and, and I think this is what maybe Sean was referring to. So just for perspective and so the audience has an idea, Kareem Hunt, uh, Keenan Allen, who's 28, Devontae Parker, who feels like he should be 23, but it's really 27, Stafford, um, who's a perennial tease in terms of at least fantasy football, Kenny and Drake, who disappointed this year, Christian Kirk, who should have done a lot more but did not, James Conner, who's been a disappointment, likely because of the offensive line, but nevertheless has been a disappointment. And then we, the end result is injuries, underperformance by some of these players, and um, all of that leads to missed opportunity, and here we are. So I don't know if it's fair to brand your team what we are saying, but bottom line is um, 56% of your salary cap is devoted to the players that I identified are not your cornerstone players. So let me, let me give you two options here. The first option is what I fondly refer to as a risk at biscuit strategy. Oh, and what that does- A return to the risk at biscuit, I love it. Oh, I love risk at biscuit. So what that involves, and you guys know this, I, I have done this before, is you take a player and you don't want to trade him because you really like this player and he's frankly perhaps could be your cornerstone and you trade that particular player. So the one, so one option, and I'll just put it out there, is to trade one of those franchise type players for a franchise changing price for which you have to be very, very bold. And it depends on, on your ability to take risks. Right. But, but that's, that's one concept because you're going to get the most value by selling a player like that. Sure. And if you sell a, like a franchise cornerstone kind of player, what would you hope to get back in return? What kind of deal are you looking for? Like, are you looking for multiple players? Are you looking for maybe throwing in something with that cornerstone player and getting an elite player? Like, which direction would you go? So I'll take it. I think in your particular situation, right, I would identify what is it that your team has lacked that, that, that has not allowed you to get to that hump. And I'll argue, just looking at your team and just knowing about it, is that it has not been because of lack of running backs and it has not been lack of uh, wide receivers and certainly not tight end before this year because you had Kittle. Oh, it's I think kick, it, it's kicker, isn't it? It's oh, yes. defense. Isn't it team it's, defense? It's the team defense is really the reason why you've not won anything. But on a serious note, I think it has to do with, with the fact that you basically have not had a franchise quarterback. It's been a long time. And, and just, just for perspective, uh, if you have a player like Josh Allen this year and you're comparing it to a Matt Stafford, you have lost an average of 10 games, I'm sorry, 10 points per game because of that difference. Mm-hmm. I did offer him Josh Allen for the record. So, so I, think, I think the answer to your question is, you you want to identify what is it that that your team has lacked for a while and attack that particular player, and then I think you you have to figure out obviously what's a good fit, and one of the other problems 
or issues in your team is that I don't know how realistic it is for you to have Aaron Jones, who is in his prime, to pair him up with a Joe Burrow, who is not yet in his prime. So the timing, the, the, the developmental timing of your team, it's not, it's not symbiotic. And, and that has to be matched up. George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, Aaron Jones, they're all in their prime. And at, an, at yet another position, you would be much better served by somebody like a Josh Allen, who, who assuming he produces at that same level, right? Or perhaps mm-hmm. Dak Prescott when he was performing the way he was. Or Deshaun Watson. And I think now I've, I've awoken Deshaun from a slumber, and I think he'll talk about because <laughs> both, both of them are his, his players. Okay, Sean, go. I do want to talk a little bit about the overall picture on, on, on a team like this because we, we went through his running backs and actually we, I think we mentioned uh, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen. He's got a lot of talent on this team, right? Um, and you, you knocked a little bit some of this stuff in terms of um, uh, um, Arizona running backs, sorry, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, being a, yeah. being a disappointment, but – He's currently, in standard at least, he's he's the number twelve running back in the league. Um, so he he hasn't really been a disappointment. I mean, we were looking at a guy here who has three, arguably number one running backs, and 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 Connor being a number two running back. That's really just outstanding in terms of in terms of what he's got. But I I see this team as a team in transition, and I consider the fact that Kenyon Drake is free agent. Aaron Jones is a free agent. I believe James Conner is a free agent. So what I think he, Tim has to deal with the fact that a lot of his players, oh, Kenny Galladay, free agent, right? So he, Tim has to deal with the fact that a lot of these guys um, are not under contract in the NFL, and we don't know what their situation is going to be next year. And I think that's part of this assessment is you have to look at your team, in your contracts, but you also have to look at your players and what their NFL situations are, because what if Aaron Jones is not in green Bay next year? What if James Connors not in Pittsburgh? What if Kenyon Drake is, you know, not, not in, in, uh, well, he, whatever, I mean, what if, what if he's not in Arizona, but all these things are, there's a lot of turmoil here with this, with this particular team. And if you basically are a team, have a team where you have, you've, you've, pushed all your chips in and you've got a lot of talent and all that talent is has reached its peak in terms of this team with this uh this player on this nfl team maximizing what they're going to do and i don't think aaron jones would is going to have a better year than the year that he's having right now as you look at the as you look ahead the downside i would be interested in selling high on a lot of these guys because right now, I don't see Aaron Jones's value increasing. I don't see James Conner value increasing. I don't see Kenyon Drake's value increasing. I don't see Ken, all these guys. I don't see the values increasing. So I, I was actually expecting Farhan was going to be a, hey, sell high. This is a sell high situation and, and reload for the future. It, and I don't know. I don't know if you, if, if, you, if you feel the same way. But I think that this is the type of team where you can look at it and you can be – you can be like, oh, I was so close. I was so close. I can just reload next year, and it's all going to be the same, but it's not going to be the same. And that, for that reason, I would be 
more interested in, in I don't know if you would call it risk it biscuit, but in terms of I'm selling high on all, on these assets. Yeah, but I already laid out I already laid out the beginning of the show that I, I, I like to be good all the time. <laughs> you can still be good. You can still be good. I'm just saying that this is this is in terms of value. Well, we can do I that. Like I think those particular players are all players that are I think at the I don't yeah. see the situations. Now the problem is is that you've gone come to the end of the year and everybody knows they're free agents. Sure. And and are you still going to be able to to yeah. sell them at those high salaries? No, you may, and what you we can do also, Tim, sorry to interrupt, is no, we can okay. also go around again and ask for perhaps this time not forty five seconds, but just five seconds. What are you all about? And you can change your answer. Like like as a person? As a person. <laughs> what am I all about? <laughs> And and then you can you can come back to this segment oh. a different man. Oh oh, I like it. Uh, but I don't even know how. Sometimes to it's so, sometimes it's easier to change yourself than your team. So, oh. <laughs> that now we're getting true. deep. That we are getting, getting really deep. deep. All right. Well, on that note. I think that'll probably do it for our franchise physician episode. If you enjoyed it, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We know you're not going to tell your league mates about this show, but your rating will help other people find us. <laughs> I mean, they can, might. They <laughs> might. <laughs> you can consider it your selfless act in this holiday season. Uh, it was uh, good to have you with us today. Good luck in your championship games if you have them. And until next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.